0: Well, that was nice of Josh, wasn't it? Man, he said a whole lot more than what I paid him to say. I think, uh, and I know Ms. McManus, my ninth grade school teacher, saying that's not the guy I knew. So don't, uh, don't pay any attention to the stories that, uh, that she would tell. That uh, I didn't say they weren't true. I just don't pay any attention to them. Uh, well, Folks, I'll tell you what. I am delighted to be here. I have a, um, a long history. With this church, Um, in fact, uh, the last time that I preached here, Dr. Carswell was the pastor. (laughs) How many of you were here when Dr. Carswell was the pastor? Okay, man, that's great. So, how many of you remembered when I preached here? (laughs) All right, that's pushing it. Okay, but I did. But friends in this church from every walk of life. I couldn't start to mention them. Well, I guess I will because um, Lucian Lee lived up the street from me in Greenville up until he was about in the first grade. And uh, now some of you here will resonate with this because you all have indicated you all are some of the elder saints. And uh, he moved from where we lived close to downtown. And after he'd been gone a few months, I I said, Mom, why don't we visit Lucian Lee? She said, why? We can't. He lives way out super highway. (laughs) Y'all remember that? Now some of you younger ones don't have a clue what that means. But folks, Taylor's was a long way from Greenville. (laughs) Okay, we couldn't go out out to visit him because he lived way out super highway. Uh, But uh, all kinds of uh, of friends again, just from every. uh, Jerry Long and I grew up basically same neighborhood, uh, same elementary school, same junior high school. Now I will say. He's two or three years older than I am. Now, I didn't have to say that, but y'all could have looked at us and told that. <clears throat> but I thought I would. No, I seriously, I saw Jerry right over there. I don't know that he looks different than he did 30 years ago. And I'm serious. I said, I, I wish I didn't change that way. But uh, <clears throat> a lot of the folks here, the, um, the first wedding that I ever did was at this church. And it was with... Dr. Carswell. And, you know, he did about one a week, you know. And so I, I, we were getting ready to go out into the auditorium, you know. we had the door closed. We're waiting for our little signal to come, you know. And I'm scared to death, just shaking. And he's, you know, na, 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 and he's done this once a week, you know. And he said, you got any breath mints? And I said, no. And he said, I think there's some on the table back here. I'm going to go get some. I thought, we are waiting for our cue. And he's going to go get mints. And he did. And I heard him clack, 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 and a door opened and a door shut. And right when it did, there was our cue. And I thought, are we supposed to walk out without Dr. Carson? They're waiting for us. So, the bride, the, the groom, myself, and, and the best man all took off running through the building looking for him. We found him right quick. They were still playing that song. We ran to the door, and then opened it up and real slowly walked out as if nothing had happened. And my heart's beating like this. And Dr. Carswell, and you know, Dr. Carswell did those weddings. He didn't even take anything with him. He just did it. You know, I've got my notes unfolded out there just to say the prayer. You know, but it, it didn't bother him. But uh, uh, great memories. Folks, also, and you are aware, there are also friends of mine in this church from another angle, and that is they played a very critical role in the survival of North Greenville University 30 years ago. Uh, We were sinking. We were going under. And there were people, members of this church, that stood by us in bad times. And guide us through those dark times and saw us into thriving times. <clears throat> and we are eternally grateful for them. And I, I can really say of this church what Paul said of the church at Philippi, I thank God upon every remembrance of you. Uh, I really appreciate Taylor's First Baptist Church. Now I appreciate Josh Powell. You know. Josh Powell is blessed to be in this church with people like you, and people like you are blessed to have a pastor like Josh Powell. There are good things in store, and I'm going to be pleased to sit back and watch it happen. But uh, I am so glad uh, glad to be with you folks. Now, I am going to do today uh, what uh, Pastor Josh assigned me to do uh, for this week and the next week. Uh, and this week is going to be a little bit foundational for it, for it of what I'm going to do in more depth, biblically, next week. Okay, So I hope you'll hang with me. It was on July the 19th, 1989, a, a flight left Denver's old Stapleton Airport. It's been torn down uh, with the intention of landing at O'Hare Airport in Chicago. Uh, three or four hours later Uh, rather than that happening a um, video camera got a video of that big old DC-10 bouncing down a a cornfield near Sioux City, Iowa as it came to a rest there there were 296 passengers on board Uh, 185 of them survived and 111 of them Did not survive. Uh, Now, that's a tragic event. Uh, I'm not here to call attention specifically to it, but I want to call attention to something very interesting that happened afterward. And that is, someone interviewed the survivors of that airplane crash. Okay? And what some of them said was very interesting. I'm going to read a response. One of them said, I'm an atheist. I don't believe that there is any kindly supreme being who responds to people one-on-one. People ask me if I'm still a non-believer after my life was saved. He said, yeah, why not? Nothing's changed. Nothing about my life has changed. Well, another person said, a personal God is involved in what happens in our world. She said, I believe God allowed me to have this experience for a reason. He is getting my attention. He has me on earth left here for a reason, and I'm going to find out what that God wants me to do, and I want to accomplish the purpose for which I'm here. Well, another person said the, 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 the crash here was caused by the negative psychic energy of people who were on board. We are creations of our our events in our own minds and our own spirits, and we must give up negative thoughts. Now, folks, what I want you to understand, I want you to see is this. Those three people all experienced the same thing, okay? All of them experienced the same thing. But all of them interpreted what happened differently. And there was a reason for that. And that's what I'm going to want to point out to you. Each of these three people had a different understanding of reality. Okay? And their understanding of reality is what caused them to interpret what happened to them the way they did. And that helped them also determine how should I respond in light of what has happened to me. The same event spawns three different interpretations because they have three understandings of reality. Now, folks, our understanding of reality, I want you to notice how we. everybody's got an understanding of reality. We all have that, okay? We, we all have it. Uh, and it helps us to do two things. I want you to see what it helped these people to do. The way they understood reality helped them to understand what had happened to them, okay? That's... It helped interpret to them what had happened. Now, each of them gave it three different interpretations because they had three different understandings of what reality is. So it gave them an, an, a, a, an interpretation of what happened to me. And then it also told them, what am I supposed to do in light of it? Okay? One of them said, I'm not going to do anything different. Okay? The other one said, another one said I'm going to quit having such negative thoughts all the time. Another one said, I'm going to find out why God has me here and do something about it. So I want you to notice that in all three situations, these people's understanding of reality interpreted their events and it explained to them how am I supposed to respond to the event. Let me say it this way. Every person, not just those three, all of us have a conceptual scheme. Uh, by which we are either consciously or unconsciously fitting everything that we believe together into a system. Okay? Our thoughts aren't just random out there, disconnected, unconnected. They're, they're in, a, in a system of belief. All, everybody, us included, or we couldn't exist, we have a comprehensive framework of beliefs that helps us interpret what we're seeing around us. Okay? And helps us to understand what to do about it. Now, I noticed when I, when I mentioned and I gave those three responses a few moments ago, I said one of them was an atheist and there was almost a corporate sigh. Okay, You know what that told me? Eh, that's not y'all's view of reality. Okay? I, I said this, this woman said, you know, there was too much negative psychic energy. Some of you laughed. You know what that told me? That's not how you understand reality. Most of you pretty much resonated with that one when I said, there's a personal God involved with this somehow, and he left me. You know why? Because you understand reality more the way she understands reality. Okay? But what I want you to see is everybody has a framework by which they understand reality, and that understanding explains to them how am I now supposed to act with what happened to me. Now, basically, what those are called are worldviews. You have a worldview, and I have a worldview. That's just how we actually understand reality. Okay? All of us have those. Uh, now, notice again what these worldviews do. They help when something happens to you, it's the framework that you use to interpret what it was that happened. Not everybody's going to interpret what you see the same way you do just like these three people did not ex- interpret things the same way. Okay? They also help you understand in light of that's how I understand reality, this is how I'm supposed to act. <clears throat> Folks, that's why worldviews are somewhat like eyeglasses. They, they without glasses, now, I can tell most of you here have glasses or some kind of corrective lens, okay? and you all know what I'm talking about. If you didn't have it, particularly if it was like I used to be before I had laser surgery, I, if, I would, if you would have been my best friend, I wouldn't have known who you were from right here. I'd had no clue. I could have seen some colors, you know. Uh, and uh, uh, In fact, I had to have, of course, on the back of my license, I had to have it written corrective lens. I couldn't arrive. That was required. And I went to get my license renewed one day, and the lady said, you've got corrective lenses. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, well, if you can pass the eye test, I can actually take that. I said, ma'am, I can't pass the eye test. And she said, well, try it. She said, if you can't. I said, ma'am, I can't pass the eye test. She said, try it. I said, okay, fine, I'll try it. Look right in here. She said, what's the last line you can read? I said, E. She said, you can't see anything but the E? I said, ma'am, I can't even see the E. I know E's always at the very top. She said, honey, don't you dare try to drive that car without those glasses. I said, ma'am, I can't find the car without the glasses. You don't have to worry about me. Well, what I'm saying is when I put glasses on, folks, everything is just a blur. When you put on your glasses, everything comes into focus. And then I can start saying, okay, what am I now supposed to do? I'm not supposed to just walk in this direction and keep going because I know there's a table there. Okay? I know what I'm supposed to do in light of what I'm now, how I'm interpreting reality. Well, the fact is, that's what a person's worldview allows them to do. It interprets, it, it puts glass, if, if you didn't have a worldview, everything that happened to you would just be meaningless. You, nothing would actually fit together. Uh, so it, it, it helps us. Now, there's another way, and I think we've got a picture here. Won't you? Uh, worldviews are also like, Show me that first picture you got there. They're, they're also like, see that spider web, isn't that pretty? Our, our world view is actually that way. How's it like a spider web? Folks, all of our beliefs are connected with each other. What we believe about one thing affects what we believe about another thing. Okay, What we believe about God okay, is going to affect what we believe about, am I going to live somewhere after I die? What makes right actions right and wrong actions wrong? All kinds of things. In fact, our beliefs are like that spider web. The main beliefs, like belief in God, are like what's right in the middle of that spider web. You know, if something happens to it, the whole spider web's gone. <laughs> you know. They're beliefs that are central to our now, we've got other beliefs that are like out there on the side. If something cut one of those, oh the spider would go up there and fix it, but. It, would, it wouldn't really harm the integrity of the, of the, of the web, any. You know, for instance, um, I was talking with one of my students the other day. I said, well, you were not even alive when 1997 the Florida Marlins won the World Series. And he said, oh, I'm a historian of baseball. The Marlins didn't win in 97. I said, yeah, I think they did. Well, he went to the library and got a book, and it was 98 when they won. Well, I didn't say, well, that blew my whole worldview. you know. i got to rethink everything. No, it was just a belief like out there on the, on the surface. I just had to say, well, I'll correct that. But folks, there are some beliefs that are like the middle of that web. And that's like our belief in God or not belief in God. Uh, whichever a person believes, that's going to affect what that person believes about just about everything. Okay. So our, you have a conceptual scheme. I have a conceptual scheme that, that in which we develop our basic ideas. And folks, the ones right in the middle of that web are the ones that are absolutely vital. And that's what I'm going to want to come back to in a moment. Now, I want to look like I'm, I'm jumping uh, uh, off here just a little bit, but <clears throat> let me ask you a question. <clears throat> and it's a rhetorical question. That means... Don't answer me, because if you're wrong, it's hard for me to say. No, that's a stupid answer, <clears throat> you know. <clears throat> so don't answer. Okay, this is a rhetorical question. <clears throat> but but if you asked, if you ask a number of Christians, you know, what is Christianity? You know, you know, you'd really get a number of different answers. You know, I, I mean, some of them would probably say something like, "Well, it's it's the means of salvation," you know. <clears throat> uh, some of them would probably say. Uh, something like that, it's it's what leads me to a good life, okay? It's something that makes your life meaningful and and purposeful. You know, folks, there are some people that will say, if you ask them what Christianity is, they'd say, well, it's not a religion. It's a relationship. And it is a relationship, but it's a religion too, you know? If you don't believe me, look up in the dictionary and see what a religion is, and that pretty much fits the description of what Christianity is. Now, it's the only true religion, okay, but it is indeed a religion. Now, so if somebody says, well, what is Christianity? I'd say, well, it's actually all of those things that those people mentioned, but it's also something way bigger than that. So Christianity is a way of understanding reality. Christianity is a world view. It tells us what we're supposed to believe about those things in the middle of that web, that there's a God, that he communicates with people, that he determines what's right and what's wrong, that we are going to be judged by him, that he actually created us. Okay? Folks, all of those things are beliefs that are in the very center of that web. And we're going to come back into it. So what I want you to understand is this. Christianity is not just a means of salvation. I'm thankful that it is that. But folks, Christianity is a system of belief that is true because it has been revealed by God. If we define Christianity as just something like, well, it's a relationship. Well, friends, it is. But let me tell you something about the world out there. They don't care about your relationship. okay? As long as you'll do what many claim to be doing, and it's just, I've got Jesus in my heart. They're fine. Just keep him there. Just don't go telling me that there are objective facts, like there's a God and I'm accountable for it. You believe what you want to, all you want to. So that's why, you know, that little hymn we sing around Christmas. I love the hymns. But you know, it's talking about the resurrection of Jesus, and it says, you ask me how I know he lives? Folks, I'll tell you. He lives because the Bible says he does. That's how. He surely lives in my heart. He lived a long time before he was ever in your heart. <laughs> okay? Jesus lives objectively whether he's in your heart or not. Christianity is making truth claims not just about how we feel or about some experience we are having, it is making absolute truth claims. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Well, the world looks at it and says, well, that's, that's great for you. I said, I didn't say for me. It is an objective fact for everybody whether they believe it or not that God created the universe, Okay. So Christianity is making truth claims and it's more than simply a way of salvation. It is a worldview in which it presents us with true facts that we are supposed to incorporate into our worldview so that when something happens we interpret it according to the reality that He actually has given to us. When the Bible says God exists and we say God exists, we're not just telling you about some inward feeling we have in our heart. It's an objective claim that God exists. When we say that sex outside of marriage is wrong, we are not saying that's wrong for me. We're saying it's wrong. It's wrong for anybody. It is an objective truth claim. Christianity is making not just statements about what's going on in our heart, it's making claims about reality because it is actually a world view that we are to live by and make our decisions by. Now, I want you to look at my next picture up that's coming up. Now, this is beautiful. Just, isn't that beautiful? Man, could you not just stare at that like you could the Mona Lisa and say, isn't that an aesthetic work of art? Just such beautiful. Um, it's dot-to-dots. Y'all remember doing dot-to-dots, don't you? See, here's the problem. Some Christians' worldview is like that. They believe all these little dots, They believe, but they don't see how they connect together to form a true picture. And that's why, folks, many people who claim to be Christians, and I think many of them are, but their worldview is sort of, I believe this and this and this and this, but I don't see how it all fits together into a picture. And the problem is if we don't do that and we don't understand how our worldview connects and how this belief connects with this belief and this belief connects with this belief, we're not going to have a coherent worldview and it's not going to be uh, consistent. Now, people's worldviews can change. People's worldviews can change drastically. Now, if you went back to our spider... You'd see what makes that change drastically. If one of those beliefs near the center changes, folks, a lot of things are going to change. For instance, if a person believes in God and then they come to where they don't believe in God, you see on that web something at the very center of it changed and that's connected to all other kinds of things that's going to have to change. If a person had claimed to be a Christian and then they became an atheist, all of their views on a lot of things are going to have to change. Not just about, does God exist? They're going to have to have a different idea. They've said, where did I come from? They have to give a different answer to that question. What makes certain things right and certain things wrong? They're going to have to give a different answer to that question. They can't any longer say, well, God says so, because they don't believe in God. So everything in their belief system is going to have, that whole web is going to have to come apart of their beliefs and it's going to have to completely re Now, folks, the same thing happens if a person was an atheist and becomes a Christian. A, a, a belief of theirs right in the center of their web changed and they're now going to have a different idea about where did I come from? How am I supposed to live? What makes things right, right things right, and wrong things wrong. Notice all those beliefs are going to have to change. Now, folks, if, we, if we're going to make an impact in the world in which we live, we're going to have to have more of a religion than just Jesus in our heart. Anybody understand me? That's absolutely vital that we have Jesus in our heart. But we're going to have to have a Christian biblical world of view and think biblically about everything that happens to us because we are not going to change the world because Jesus lives in our heart. People have to be challenged with the objective truth of the Bible, the truth that God has actually revealed to us, and we're going to have to make it known these are truth claims. They're not just things about how we happen to feel. Something happens to be in my heart Folks, Jesus rules and reigns in my heart. But I'll tell you something. He rules and reigns whether he rules and reigns in my heart or not. Because he is objectively ruling and reigning regardless of what anybody thinks. It's it's a worldview as well as everything else. So if we're going to make a difference in our worldview, we're going to have to make sure our dots are all connected, that we actually understand our worldview, and what it is we believe, and what we're actually proclaiming to the world. Now, folks, how does that fit with what Pastor Josh has been doing? Because I don't see anything. Folks, you notice I hadn't even opened a Bible. That's awful, isn't it? You know, but I'm doing what Pastor Josh asked me to do. Uh, he asked me to open the Bible next week. He told me to do something more foundational this week, and that's to make sure that we understand what a biblical worldview, what a worldview is that everybody has one, okay, and what ours is and what it's actually grounded in. Folks, the Bible is one book that contains 66 individual books. Now, you know what's absolutely amazing? Is all of those 66 books together, even though they were written by scores of different people over a period of hundreds of different years, that whole book is about one thing. It's about one thing. That's amazing. The one thing that the Bible is about is God redeeming His fallen creation. If you look in Genesis chapters 1 and 2, as Pastor Josh has walked you through, what you see there is God's creation. He created the universe. And then what happens in chapter 3? The universe is ruined by sin and then about halfway through chapter 3 through the rest of the book of Revelation, all the way to the end of Revelation it's about how God plans and actually restores his fallen creation in redemption that's why when you get to the, new, to the end of the Bible when you get to the book of Revelation you know what's there? Folks, the Lamb is sitting on the throne, listen in the new heavens and the new earth. you know what you have? You have a redeemed creation. And that's what the Bible is all the way about. It's about, and so it is telling us what we are supposed to believe in every one of these. So what does that tell us, folks? It tells us this. If we fail to grasp Genesis 1 through 3, We will fail to understand Christianity. You said does that mean I'm not a Christian? No. If you've got Jesus in your heart, you're a Christian. If you've believed in him, that's fine. That's wonderful. You're going to heaven. But folks, Jesus did more than teach us how to go to heaven. He taught us a lot of other things that are vital about life and how we're supposed to live. Jesus would have never said, All I want to make sure is that you have me in your heart. Because that's vital. That's important. What he's saying is I want you to understand what the Bible is as a worldview and understand what it is we actually believe as Christians. Now, so what I want you to see is, and what I'll try to point out more certainly next week, is that Genesis 1 through 3 is foundational for the Christian worldview. Folks, every worldview answers the, these questions. Everybody's got an answer. Now, it may not be a good answer, and it may not be the one you want. But folks, everybody is going to have to answer the question, is there a God? Okay? Every, that, that's part of everybody's worldview. Is there a God or is there not a God? If there is a God, what's He like? Can, can He actually communicate with people, and does He communicate with people? Um, Is he aloof from the world that he created or is he involved in the world that he's created? Folks, everybody, a lot of people have different ideas about that. The question is, where did they get those ideas? And the question is, where do we as believers get our ideas? How did I get here? Folks, a worldview has to respond. You know what? Genesis tells us that, you know. Uh, What is it that determines what's right and what's wrong? Genesis 1 through 3 tells us. That. Okay. Is God going to judge me? On what basis is he going to judge me? Folks, here's a great question a worldview has to ask, has to answer. What's the basis for human dignity and worth and value? Folks, human beings have dignity and worth and value. Okay, so The question is, how is a person going to account for that? And I want to tell you, most worldviews cannot account for it. They run into trouble. Christianity accounts for that in Genesis 1 and 2. It answers that question. What is the grounds for human dignity? Folks, every worldview answers this, asks this question, and proposes an answer. What's wrong with the world? Folks, you don't have to be a Christian to look at the world and see something's wrong. Okay? Everybody knows something's wrong with the world. The question, the point is. It's how a person understands reality as to how they're going to answer that question. What is wrong with the world? And then the question that goes right along with that is what's it going to take to fix it? Well, Folks, if you came up with the wrong answer as to what's wrong with the world, you'll never figure out how to fix it. Folks, you know why we can't figure out how to fix what's going on in our world today? because we don't understand what's wrong with it. Genesis 1 through 3 explains what's wrong with it. And when we understand what's wrong with it, then we can have a better chance of saying what ought to be done about it. So Pastor Josh has very wisely, methodically been working through the Bible and particularly spending time on these early chapters. And the reason for that is... Those early chapters are absolutely foundational for Christianity. They're foundational to have a biblical worldview because they answer all of those questions that I just raised about a worldview. Now, let me close by giving you one example of, of what I'm talking about of how, if, as Christians, if we're not careful, we really don't have a biblical worldview. Okay? And I'll touch on this because next week I'll promise you, we'll open the Bible and we'll look at those early chapters of Genesis again, as Pastor Josh has asked me to, and focus on some of these issues and show you the answers and show you what happens when we miss those answers. Okay, uh, Folks, there are many Christians who believe, that they understand like everybody else, we've got problems in this society, we're in a mess. There are some people who believe the solution is education. Now folks, please understand this. I've been in education for 30 years. I am sold on education. But let me tell you something. It's not gonna solve our problem. It's not gonna do it. And the reason is the problem is not ignorance, okay? You say, what is that? There are other people that say, well, let me, let me tell you, here's, here's what will help solve our problems. This will do it. There's a lot of people that grew up in bad homes, on the wrong side of the tracks. You know, they're in prisons and all that. We just need good social programs to help people. Folks, I want to tell you something. I'm all for social programs if they're the right ones. I'm for it. But here's the thing. As a Christian, I cannot say that is the answer to our problems because it fails to understand what the Bible says the problem is. Folks, the Bible says the problem is sin. That it is rebellion against the Creator. All the education in the world is not going to change a person's heart. You know what education will do? It it can Take a person who has gone into one of these all-night stores with a gun and held it up and take money. It can help that person. It can teach them and educate them so that they can go into a computer and rip somebody off of $10 million sitting in their home. Folks, you know why? Education in itself doesn't deal with the human heart. The problem in the Christian worldview is the human heart. Is education good? Yes. Can it accomplish some things? Yes. Is it ever going to solve our problem? No. Folks, the problem is a spiritual problem. And therefore, the solution has to be a spiritual solution. The problem is with the hearts of human beings. Jesus certainly taught us some things, and I'm glad of that. But you know, he never says, I came to teach. He says, I came to seek and save that which was lost. Folks, I'm thankful we have the teaching that Jesus gave us. But you know what? We really didn't need more teaching. We knew good and well what we were supposed to do. We just weren't doing it. And that's the problem today. And the biblical worldview determines and and explains to us what the problem is and what the solution is. But I talk to many Christians. They think the solution to the problem is education or that the solution to the problem is is, uh, social programs and what they are like is that dot to dot up there. They got some good Christian beliefs here and there, but they haven't connected the dots together. And that's what Pastor Josh is going to help you do In weeks and weeks ahead as you go through the scriptures and see how things fit together to make sure that we are indeed thinking biblically friends at the heart of the Christian worldview is this God has spoken and God gave us the authoritative interpretation of reality And we're supposed to make sure that our thoughts mirror His. And the only way we can ever do that is have minds that are captivated by the Word of God. And so we're going to look at the Word of God next week. And we're going to see these very key elements again and again. And I hope that they are driven home in our hearts to where we can seek to drive them home in the hearts of people that we have uh, an impact on. Well, let's pray together. Father, we are so thankful for your grace and your mercy. Lord, that we can look at our lives. Lord, some of us have been around here a long time. And we can look back and we can really say, with the psalmist of old, Lord, your goodness and mercy has followed us all the days of our lives. You are faithful. Lord, you are generous. You are benevolent and you're kind. And Lord, we thank you that you're not silent. Lord, thank you that you did not leave us groveling in the dark, trying to figure out who we are and who you are, if you're there, how we're to relate to you. Lord, we thank you that you loved us so much that you have spoken to us in your word. And Lord, we thank you that your word also tells us that in these last days you have spoken to us finally and ultimately in the person of your dear son. Lord, we ask your blessings on our pastor while he's awake, Lord, we ask your blessings on this church. Lord, I am so thankful for these precious people, for this body of believers here that's making a difference in the community where they live. And Lord, I pray that as great as the past for this church has been, Lord, my prayer is the best years for this church would still lie in the future to your glory. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen.